Also, a, another video just came in, and uh, we didn't have time to put it in, but it is an update from uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo in the prison there. And Dr. Sothin just sent this through, and I'd like you to just uh, have a quick look. They just were there with a team preaching the gospel. The media were there as they brought food to supply again for uh, all the prisoners there were feeding. Uh, uh, actually, this video is going to show you that 1,957 men, women, and minors in that prison are receiving food from us every day. Dr. Sothin said that men had, and women have gone three and four days in the past without food, and others have even died in the prison from starvation. This is just, just brought to us just a few hours or a few days ago. Let's look at it. <laughs> very happy to do description today. We assist uh, 1,959 prisoners here. It was very happy. It was very happy for the team and for all prison because uh, they received rice and all was very happy and say big thank you to Pastor Jack and Imagine Church who help these people here, these vulnerable people. The message it is to say many vulnerable people, many prison say when the, we leave prison, we will go, we will receive Jesus and begin to walk, to do the work for God. And for this we are very happy. And they say every time, don't forget the prison. They need assistance every time because many are rejected with family and with society. And it is only church who help to have something to eat. And we say big thank you, Pastor Jack and your ministry. God bless you. This is the true purpose for prosperity. What we've been watching for the last several minutes is the true purpose for prosperity. John the elder, John was the youngest disciple, probably a teenager, when Jesus was alive. But John outlived all the disciples. He, lived out, he outlived Peter and Paul. Many believe he lived into his 90s, right up into the next century, up to the beginning of the next century. And we read in third, his third letter, uh, in Third uh, John, verse 1 and 2, the elder, John the elder, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved. How many reckon John's full of love? I pray that you may prosper in all things, and be in health just as your soul prospers. 
I believe that John's prayer for Gaius is actually God's will for each and every one of us. We hear a lot today on wealth and accumulating wealth and, um, you know, how to make wealth, uh, how to prosper, how to increase. Um, And I personally believe that we probably live in the most prosperous nation on earth. I have lived in three nations. I have lived in America, I have lived in Europe, and I have lived in Australia. And from my view of, of someone who's lived in those places, I don't think there are more prosperous people in the world than Australians. And there, of course, are laws and principles on the how-to of prosperity. And I believe there's a lot of wisdom from seminars and ways and means on how to increase wealth. But I believe there is a more important question than how to prosper. And that is why to prosper. I believe that if we have an understanding of why, or a visual like we've just seen this morning of why, we can probably, each one of us, figure out how. Gaius's prosperity was focused on a purpose. And if there's no real purpose for prospering, then prospering can become a shallow and an empty life experience. I remember years ago, Ted Turner, billionaire, founder of CNN, news. He said this. He said, having a lot of money is like popcorn. He said, it tastes good, but it's not real fulfilling. It doesn't really fill you. I believe God's will is that we prosper, but the real blessing in being prosperous is being able to use that prosperity for good. It's one thing to know how to make money. It's another thing to know how to spend it. It's one thing to know how to make money, but it's another thing to know how to relieve suffering and how to bring hope and how to change somebody's whole world with the money we make. The Apostle John was commending Gaius for using his prosperity to help those who were teaching and preaching and traveling in the gospel ministry. We read in verse 7 and 8, for they, these missionaries, these, these, these uh, preachers, for they are traveling for the Lord and accept nothing from those who are not Christians. So we ourselves should support them so that we may become partners with them, partners with them, for the truth. Gaius's prosperity was supporting those who were traveling and preaching and bringing the good news to people. Gaius's prosperity had a purpose. Gaius's money had a mission. His finance had a focus, and it was others. Others. Missions. No wonder John wanted him to prosper and be in health. Gaius not only knew how to prosper, he knew why. And this was the reason his soul was prospering. Because if prosperity is not just measured by dollars and, 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 you know, what we have accumulated. Because you can have that and still not have a prosperous soul. Your soul can still be shallow, like Ted Turner in that comment that he made. Lots of prosperity, but, but empty. How do, we, 
have a prosperous soul. Real prosperity is not in having money, it's in using money. Real prosperity is not in accumulating wealth, but in distributing blessing. If you hoard it, if you hoard it for yourself, it will turn into spiritual dry rot like the manna did when it came down from heaven, a blessing of God. But when it was hoarded, when it was hoarded, it became rotten. We read in Exodus chapter 16 and verse 19, Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it overnight. But, of course, some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. By then, it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Few things in this life are as disgusting as someone having and hoarding something. And we can have lots and lots of wealth and lots and lots of things and think that we're blessed, and yet it could very possibly be full of a stench to God, a terrible smell because it's hoarded. Somebody said, God will never allow you to keep a spiritual blessing completely for yourself. It must be given back to him so that he can make it a blessing to others. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Paul wanted to provoke this church. They were wealthy. They lived in a very wealthy time. And they, Paul used the poor Macedonians to kind of motivate them and encourage them because the poor Macedonians proved that you can be prosperous at any level of income. And they gave and they gave. And so, but Paul says this to the Corinthian church. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves the person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, godly people give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. Prosperity is when God is providing all my needs and I'm able to supply somebody else's needs. And this can happen at any level of income. Single moms and children can be involved in this kind. It's a double blessing. It's the blessing of receiving. And it's the blessing of being a blessing by giving. And this is what prosperity is all about. And this is what it truly means to be blessed. It's not about how much money you have in the bank. It's about doing deeds with your money that God will never forget. And that's what we just read, that these good deeds will never be forgotten. God never forgets what we do for the poor. God never forgets what we do for others. Why should I prosper? This is the most important question you will ever ask about money. Not who, not what, not where, not when, not how. Why? Yeah. Paul wrote to Timothy and told him to instruct 
the blessed and the wealthy people in his church. Tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and to trust in their money, which will soon be gone. Did you know that's the destiny of all your money? It will soon be gone. There's not enough insurance to insure it. It will soon be gone. But their trust should be in the living God. How many know he won't soon be gone? Who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them, those who have money there in the church, Timothy, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give generously to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of real life. You know that money that will soon be gone? Paul's showing people a way that they can actually have an investment forever. Paul says this, don't let money make you proud. Paul says, don't trust in it. Understand that it is temporal. It is temporal. Paul said, use it for good. When it comes to money, there is something better than a good deal. And that's a good deed. Give generously to the poor. Be ready to share. You see, if we're not careful, we can get too attached to money. And we can forget how temporal both it and we are. It's hard to be truly prosperous and attached to money at the same time. You cannot, your soul cannot prosper when you're attached to money. You are not prosperous when money has you. You are only prosperous when you have money. In 1 Corinthians 7.31, those in frequent contact with the things of the world should make good use of them without becoming attached to them. For this world and all it contains will pass away. It's a test. Money's always a test. And it's so easy to get too attached to it and forget the reason why God has blessed us. Someone said this, the greatest difficulty spiritually is to concentrate on God. And his blessings are what make it so difficult. Troubles almost always make us look to God, but his blessings tend to divert our attention elsewhere. That's why we need to have a focus. That's why our prosperity must have a focus. For all of the blessings that are in our life, we must focus them. True prosperity is when I'm not diverted from the purpose of prosperity. I can be distracted when I focus on what God has given and I have lost my focus on why he gave it. Again, the 2 Corinthians 9, 10 verse, it says this. Now he who supplies seed 
to the sower and bread for food will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You see, the Lord not only provides bread for food, he provides seed for sowing. True prosperity is not just having my table filled with bread. It's having my store of seed increased for an enlarged harvest of righteous deeds. Deeds that God will never forget. Bread and seed. Bread for my needs. Seed for my deeds. You're not prosperous because there's bread on your table. You're prosperous because there's seed in your store. Seed that will feed and meet the need of the helpless and the homeless. Bread you eat, seed you sow. God means for us to eat with one hand and sow with the other. My bread is temporal. My seed is eternal. My bread sustains me, but my seed sustains others. My bread is my earthly reward, but my seed is my eternal reward. Prosperity is about sitting around my table with my family and loved ones, which abounds with blessing, especially if Carol's been in the kitchen cooking all day. Prosperity is sitting around my table, which abounds with blessing, while my seed is growing in the nations of the world where the poor are being helped and the gospel is being preached. That is prospering, and that is your soul prospering as well. Would you stand with me? Beloved, whom I love, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I pray you would not only know how, when and where, all those important things of prosperity. I pray more than anything else, you would know why. Why the Lord would allow you to be in Australia, the most prosperous nation in the world. That you would know why you were blessed. Heavenly Father, I look at that screen today and I'm overwhelmed because I know there is so much need in the world, but I also know that we as a prosperous church in Australia, with your help, are helping many, hundreds, thousands. I pray that this church would continue to prosper. I pray you would add zeros to incomes and and investments and opportunities so that we could add zeros 
to the work of the gospel, to the work of justice, to the work of bringing Jesus to the nations of the world. I ask this in your name.